You're listening to Conversation with the Experts, a Royal Children's Hospital Education Hub podcast. Hello. My name is Claire. I'm a clinical nurse educator at the Royal Children's Hospital. I'm here with Deborah Poole and Lily Healy. Deb and Lily are both clinical nurse consultants within the allergy and immunology department here at the RCH. And now if my maths is correct, the two of you have well over 30 years experience in allergy nursing. Yep. All right. Yeah. Yep. Good. <laughs> Wanted to get that right. And Deb and Lily are joining us today to discuss the hospital's pre-referral guidelines, obviously related to children with allergy or uh, suspected allergies. So thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, that's lovely. Thank you, Claire. So I guess if it's all right, I might start by asking you to share a little bit about the allergy and immunology services at the RCH and your role as allergy clinical nurse consultants. Our service provides specialist consultation, testing as needed, including skin prick testing, intradermal testing, inpatient food and medication challenges, and immunotherapy or desensitisation to wasp and bee venom, grass pollens and house dust mite. So our hours predominantly are Monday to Friday. So we're in 8.30 a.m. to 5.00 p.m. Um, clinic. Um, and we run allergy, immunology clinics, skin prick testing and food challenge sessions every day. So that's, again, Monday to Friday. You're lucky enough to get the weekend off. Which is yeah, good. I think you guys <laughs> must be must be busy, busy clinics these days. I mean, you hear all you hear about is, you know, allergy. Allergies are, you know, a big topic and, and a common thing. So you guys must be kept very busy with your challenges and with your patients, I imagine. Really busy. Yeah, absolutely. We sort of have reasonable waiting lists mm. um, and, you know, a lot of um, research studies that have been done in the past have been focused on um, allergy in children in Melbourne and um, allergy in kids in Melbourne is found to be, you know, at, you know, reasonably sort of high levels. Yeah, I've he heard that before. It's really interesting. It's a bit of a hotspot mm. here in Melbourne. So you guys have chosen the right place to be <laughs> allergy nurses. <laughs> So as clinical nurse consultants, what are you guys kind of specifically doing in the clinics um, with the patients? Well, we work really closely with our allergy immunology doctors. We provide clinical consultations, allergy skin prick tests and intradermal testing and, of course, supervision of the allergy food and medication challenges and the immunotherapy sessions the kids come in for. The other thing that we really do a lot of is education of parents and families and also often other healthcare staff, and that would be in sort of all aspects of allergy and anaphylaxis. It's a very large part of our role. We also tend to be available by phone often and email to our patients and to other healthcare professionals just to give them advice and support in, you know, and any questions that they may have. So you're kind of really almost providing a statewide service. Are there many other services around or in, in the regional areas or in Melbourne that are kind of doing what you're doing? We're very lucky that we've got good um, services that have been set up at Sunshine and Monash. Um, so we're not the only ones that are doing what we do, but by golly, we're the busiest. We see the most patients, the greatest throughput. Um, and so we do take um, responsibility or lion's share from a lot of the kids that are in Victoria. But we're quite passionate about having other services that act in line with the way that we practice at RCH. Yeah. And there's also services at the Northern Hospital <gasps> of too. Course. Yeah. Yeah. But being the primary sort of, or the tertiary sort of referral service, uh, we do have the biggest, um, yeah, allergy referral rate in the state of Victoria. We also see kids often too from areas where those services may not be as available, so commonly from Tasmania. 
um, and also from sort of the more southern sort of areas of New South Wales. Yeah, and we actually do have a fair number of clinicians from Tasmania and New South Wales and other states in Victoria that listen to this podcast series as well. So really interesting for them too. Well, we want to talk about how kids get to RCH um, so we can see them all, obviously. So maybe you could talk us through the process of referring a child to the allergy and immunology department. So kind of what kind of what kind of patients you see most commonly referred and, and who can refer? We commonly receive referrals for food allergy, anaphylaxis, hay fever, allergic rhinitis, urticaria, angioedema or swelling, and drug allergy. We also receive referrals for eczema and asthma when these are related to food allergy or hay fever. Our immunologists see children with immune disorders, and referrals can be made from GPs, paediatricians, and specialist consultants. So our services provide um, specialist consultation, um, testing as needed, which includes skin prick testing, intradermal testing, and also inpatient food and medication challenges, and immunotherapy, or more commonly called desensitisation to things like bee and wasp venom and grass pollens and house dust mite that's generally used in um, uh, kids that suffer from um, quite significant allergic rhinitis. And so what kind of, I guess... Are some of the barriers you experience or issues that you might come across with referrals? And is there anything clinicians can do to refer more efficiently or, or effectively? Look, I think by far the biggest barrier that we encounter with referrals is that they often just don't have enough information. Um, and a really good example of that is we'll, we'll get a referral for a child with food allergy and all that will say on the referral is, please see this child for food allergy. We'll reject that type of a referral and request that the doctor provides um, more information. And that just then causes more of a delay in the families, you know, getting their appointments, seeing a doctor, getting their tests done. Um, And the parents also will receive a letter saying that the referral has been rejected, which often then will trigger the parents to call us. Well, why has my referral been rejected? So, yeah. It's difficult. Like you said, if there's already, you know, at times a regional, uh, sorry, like you said, if there's already times there is quite a reasonable wait time, then potentially that is delaying this care for children who, you know, might need it quite urgently. Yeah, absolutely. It just delays that um, whole process of being started um, much longer than it needs to be. Yeah. If our listeners are looking for more information or specific guidance, to improve their referral process or be more specific in their referrals, where can they find that? We're really looking for specifics such as the type of food that was eaten, the type of the reaction, the time of the reaction after ingestion, whether it was the first exposure or if it had multiple exposures to the foods, response to any treatment that was given, and any relevant family history or current medications. It makes a huge difference to us prioritising our care and accepting the right kids that need to be seen. So the more information, the better, so that they can actually be triaged appropriately. For example, anaphylaxis is an urgent referral. So if the referral clearly states that this child has had, you know, some wheeze or some cough or some breathing difficulties with their food ingestion, then that can be triaged and becomes an urgent referral and the child can be seen sooner so that things like an EpiPen if needed can be um, initiated. But if that's not put on the referral, then this can be missed and the child will just be triaged as as a general allergy consult seen later and potentially be more time, you know, without the treatment that they may require. And I think we're going to put a link for you guys in the show notes 
to the RCH pre-referral guidelines. There's a number of those there that really outline in quite a lot of detail for the different types of referrals what you need to put in so you don't need to remember what it is. You can go through and check all those boxes. And like I said, most importantly, all the things that you can do before referring as well for that child. We also have a really great pro forma that we prepared a couple of years ago that really talks you through what to provide in the referrals. And I can certainly give that to you, Claire, if you wouldn't mind linking that in the show notes too. It really makes the process very easy for us, but also for the referring clinician. Absolutely. That's yeah, that's a, a really um, useful piece of information mm. for them to have. Yeah, we can absolutely do that. We'll wrap up there. Definitely sounding to me like, you know, busy service. There's a lots of lots of demand. And the best thing that we can do as clinicians referring to the allergy service is put as much information and detail in our referrals as possible and have a look at those referral guidelines in advance to make sure that we are adding in the relevant information. Does that sound about right? That sounds good. And I suppose probably the only thing I might add Mm. would be the use of GPs will often use the specific IgE blood testing. That can be a really useful um, tool for the GPs to order and then include the results in the referral. The only thing I would say, though, is if they are going to do a specific IgE or a blood test, that they don't use food mixes, that they test specifically for the foods that have been reacted to, as then trying to find out what food they're actually positive can be difficult to unpick. Sure. Yeah. That would be the only other point that I think is really relevant. Yeah, yeah, and I guess it streamlines processes it for, for patients and they're kind of one step ahead in their journey on undoing this puzzle of, of what's, Absolutely. what's going on for them. Yep. Well, thanks, Dev and Lily. Thanks for coming in. It's been a pleasure to talk to you both. Thanks, Claire, and thank, thank you to everybody who's listening. Thanks for listening to Conversation with the Experts, part of the Royal Children's Hospital Education Hub podcast series. If you'd like to hear more of our podcasts, check out our other podcast show, Teach, Think, Treat, where we discuss aspects related to teaching and learning in a busy clinical setting.